the previous managers who have led Irish teams to group stages, Michael O'Neill and Stephen Kenny, both went on to manage internationally. Stephen Bradley could definitely have those ambitions down the line. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Hello there, you're very welcome along to episode 33 of the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James Donahue. Boys, we've been recording these last few episodes early in the morning. We're yeah. in the midst of a heat wave. Paddy Andrews, you were up this morning bright and early, gone for a run, is that right? I was, yeah, I was. Phoenix Park, the sun was shining. Uh, I was awake early, got down there, the sun was rising at the far end of the park. A little bit of mist coming up, the deers having their brekkie. Ah, oh, it's beautiful down there. Like. He's an early it's riser, James. The WhatsApp has been giving it away the last couple of weeks. 458 he texts into the group the last day, yeah. I haven't seen 458 in <laughs> 42 years. What's going on, Lack? Like? Oh, I told you, if I'm on the WhatsApp at that time, I've either been on the absolute piss or the little cat is acting the maggot. Take, <laughs> take him out with a gas. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was the cat this week. I wasn't on the beer at 458 on Tuesday morning now, I have to say. And you're both it, dressed for the beast today and I'm the only man here going to work. Yeah, I've, I have a couple of days off at the minute, but I am not built for the sun, lads. I was in Banastrand last week and really? I got yeah. scalded, absolutely scalded, like a tomato coming home. Not was it busy up. there? Yeah, packed, but it's some set up, a couple of little food trucks, side of yeah. the beach, you know. Nice, nice beach. Not it was lovely. Yeah, really nice. Nice wee walk there as well. So, so you can't go wrong in Kerry. Why, why would you leave Kerry yeah. if you were reared in Kerry? That's what I realised driving through it the last day. Mm. Why would you leave Kerry? You know, we were uh, we. I had a chat with Shane Walsh and Sean O'Shea about ten days ago, up in Dublin and Vincent's, and it just struck me that none of the Kerry boys are in Dublin. There's no one based up there, is there? No, no. There's actually not one player. It's a maybe college or something. Some fellow might be caught up there, but you wouldn't move up there until probably you're finished. Yeah, even college. I mean, but none of the Kerry lads were DCU or UCD or anything. Was that UCC? There would have been a Jack, few, and then Jack you Barry went to Jack Barry went to UCD. Was yeah. he? Jack yeah. was there. Play with them. Yeah, he played Tigerson with the Did he? All right. Yeah. What's the best beach in Kerry, Jimmy? From the horse's mouth. I have my own favourite. put it down you? to... There's a good few, not to be fair, but I like Castle Gregory. Right. And Rospe. Oh, Rospe, yeah. Rospe Two. is strong. I've never been to Castle Gregory. Again, huh? And Darren okay. Sullivan has his little um, yeah. restaurant. Nothing for Inch Beach, no? Inch is, nice. for... Inch is nice. We drive the car onto Inch. It kind of takes a bit away from the yeah. scene, do you know what I mean? You're crap. lying out. You're lying out, getting your, getting your tan on the next day. Carriage just absolutely tears over the back of your head. What's usually your, a dub as well, probably is it? What's your yeah, favorite? All the dubs down. They don't know how to treat the place properly. What's your favorite beach, Paddy? <laughs> what? What's your favorite beach in Kerry? Inch is it? Inch, yeah, I'd be a big fan of Inch. That that'd be me, like doing wheelies through it. Uh, <laughs> you'd be stuck in the sand, then it would be yeah. pushing you out of it. I swear to God, we were out. We were out on the beach. Um, the tide has been late all week in Dublin, so we went out on Wednesday night, out to Dollymount, so out in Clontarflick. Uh, the late night swim would be grand. There'd be no one around here about half nine, and the place was fucking rammed, like traffic jam, mm-hmm. in and out of Clontarflick. Every night this week in Dublin, uh, Port Marnock, Malahide, Seapoint, Clontarf, everywhere has been absolutely packed. Getting, you know, looking for an old quiet swim, like you're saying, Jimmy. And you get out there and it's like a match day out around there. So it's nice to have it. The, the big thing is though, club training, I think, has been pushed back to about half eight some evenings just to get that bit cooler, you know? Yeah, yeah. It'd be hard going playing in this like 27, 28 degrees. We're, like, we're not built for it, lads. Water yeah. breaks are brought back. 
Water breaks. Were they? Where? Pat- In Clare? Tactics boards all over the country. Mayo, yeah. Kerry, um, everywhere. All over the Were country. They brought back in Kerry. Yeah, brought back this weekend in Kerry, all over the all over the country. We have to bring back the Mayor Ishka, who just comes onto the field and is the 16th player for about five minutes, inter- <laughs> intercepting kickouts, handing out water bottles. News were an absolute disgrace for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Bobby Griffin. played corner forward in 2015. <laughs> you started it. Look, I'll be taking a kick out, and Griffin will be standing there in wing back position, pretending yeah. to be talking to someone. Like, oh, we had a slot for that off the pitch. <laughs> It was a disgrace. You started that and then we started playing J.O. centre forward, yeah. <laughs> In the hurling game, he, one of the Mary Ishkas tackled the fellow one time. That was the last draw, wasn't it? <laughs> when you start getting interceptions, it's, it's a bit much. It's a bit well, much. We'll we get the thoughts of our special guest this week, lads. Andy Moran, former presenter of the football pod and current Leitrim manager, is going to join us for a chat this week. A great reaction last week to our chat with Paddy Talley. So Andy has a lot to live up to here. We'll get his thoughts on where Ishkas as well as much more. Um, Anathan, to add, Paddy, before we bring him in, Anthony, you want to say about this man before we bring he, him into the pod? He was away himself last week by all accounts. Looked very nice down in Portugal. Um, Family holiday. Now, uh, do you know what? I'm intrigued to hear from his team. We're obviously heavily involved in the Talton Cup and, and we've touched on it kind of looking in from the outside. We feel it was a success you know, in terms of the games, in terms of the coverage it got. His team were beaten on penalties. Mm. We're huge penalty shootout fans here. It's interesting to see what someone who was involved in one and who was who were beaten in one, uh, his thoughts on it as well. But just, I, I think, I think it's been a, a successful first year from in the job. What does he, what does he think? And what do the Leitrim players think? Um, and what are his plans for next season? But, no, it's great to have him back. We're kind of chatting in and out throughout the year on WhatsApp and things like that. So, yeah, good to catch up with him. James, did you come across Andy Moran off the pitch or on the pitch when you were playing much? On the pitch, obviously. Mm. <laughs> but never off. Really? I, never off the pitch? No? Never, never off. Okay. I'd, I'd say face-to-face, I've probably spoken to Andy once, maybe. Okay. So, all right. a legend and... He's an awful baller. My girlfriend has has a thing for Andy. Like it's actually awkward. Oh yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. She what? goes, oh, Andy's on the show this week. Oh, Andy. I was like, all right, relax. Well, hey, everyone loves Andy Moran. That's the thing. <laughs> he is a legend, to be fair to. Him. <laughs> let's, let's get to it now. You're listening to episode 33 of the Football Pod. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. We'll have plenty for you over the next couple of months. We're back right after this, talking to the legend that is Andy Moran. You're very welcome back to the Football Pod here with Paddy Andrews, James O'Donoghue and Andy Moran. Andy, welcome back to the pod. It's great to be back. I'm nervous, lads. I'm nervous, so I won't lie to you. Um, I'm getting any ideas now. You're, <laughs> you, you left and that's it. I'm staying. Jamesy, to be honest with you, <laughs> I was kind of half hoping that you'd be a bit shit, like, but you've been deadly. <laughs> but like the, the uh, I was coming in there this morning, met Mickey Conroy. Mickey lives here in Castlebar, Mickey X Mayo. And he was walking his young fella around and he just goes, listen to Paddy Talley here. The boys are brilliant on the pod. So listen, that was a promotion at half seven this morning. So you're doing well. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been, br- it's been brilliant. Lads. Listening to us. Didn't listen to it much during the season when we were playing, but um, listened to it all through. And I thought the, uh, and I, I tweeted about it at the time. I thought the semi-final pod lads, was just, it was incredible. You know, it was just, uh, no, you had plenty to choose from to be fair. But I was just thinking about it this morning coming home over in the car. 
the little detail that she gave that day about the Murphy pass. Like, I don't think the normal Joe Soap kind of can notice that that pass was so important. I think there's two guys that hit that pass, a really naive young guy, (laughs) a really experienced player that knows, listen, I need to get the ball to Clifford here. He's shown for it. Let me kick it in the confidence to kick that. Fenton's pass to, to, to Small, Small just before where they get yeah. the thing. And I don't think the, the normal Joe notices that. And I think the quality you've given over the... Remember you were on about McCaig. He marked Comer. He didn't mark Comer. He stayed on Finnerty. Even that little detail. I thought, I thought that was just magic. And then there was a time when we were in it, James. And uh, uh, Paddy, you, you described Kevin Mack's goal against Dublin in 13. Remember that? Yeah, and yeah. I could nearly feel I was there. I think the only game I missed this year on Croker was actually the semi-final between Dublin and Kerry. Oh. But the, the the feeling that she, that she gave, like in terms of the atmosphere around that kick and everything for Sean O'Shea, I think it was brilliant. So I think that was the best pod that was ever done. Slightly biased, slightly biased. But yeah, but I wasn't on it, Paddy. So I, I'm actually giving you credit. I'm giving you credit. I'm giving you credit. So you I know what I, I'd say on the, the big thing about the Murphy kick because you're right, we were looking at it, and it's it's easy to give a safe pass there. But, but even more, like Murphy, he's an experienced player, but he wasn't in the team. Like mm. you know, and we've all we've all been there where you're kind of you're. You're a bit older and you're not as guaranteed your place and you're, you might be coming off the bench. That adds even more pressure to it. So when you're coming off the bench, you go, I can't make a mistake here. Yeah, yeah. My place yeah. is on the line type thing. And you can play a safe pass. And that was an even more impressive thing. He does one in the final as well to Sean O'Shea. Uh, I think it's... Back to yeah, yeah, yeah. Gavin White ends up t- tapping it over the bar. So, look, they're... they're We've been fortunate enough to play in those type of games in those situations. When you see something like that, you you know it's it's not a normal moment in the game. No. unbelievable, the highest of high pressure, uh, and Murphy's Murphy's pass there was, was luck. Yeah, it was it was probably it was a massive moment <laughs> in swinging that game in Kerry's way. So you're right. Yeah, that the atmosphere from that day was incredible. But geez, Andy, try sitting beside a Kerry fella like as they beat you. Like it's like <laughs> I was laughing last week. Diabolical stuff. When he when he mentioned the hand pass to Tally, I was like, ah, will you get over it, Jimmy? Will you? you <laughs> <He's> not believe <laughs> we were around. We were Twelve years later, giving out about down beating him. A, yeah, I yeah. Never I never asked him why they lost to Manhattan as well with Galway in eighteen. They'd have been oh, in the yes. final. That's another one. That's the one that you put the Michael Meehan, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like they 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 would have in the groups, they if they lost to Manhattan, which they did, they'd have got Dublin in the semi. Whereas if they beat Manhattan, I forget who they'd have got. Oh, they'd have oh, got Tyrone, wasn't it? Yeah. They Tyrone, yeah. Yeah. They, they was there for them like. That was it. That's you left him after hook with it. That's the way it goes. Breaks. Andy, one of one of the trends obviously. <laughs> what are the trends on the football pod? Unfortunately, like we're two seasons in now, is that in the off season, the co-hosts have been getting tapped up left, right, and centre from other counties. Last year we were in the off season, James. It was very difficult. Transfer rumours were coming in every week. Andy Moran's linked to this job. Andy Moran's linked to this job. Yeah. Such and such has reached out to Andy Moran. Andy, I don't know whether the lads' phones have been ringing from counties. There's about eight counties still looking for coaches or, or managers over the last couple of months and weeks. Any advice for the two boys if somebody rings them? What are the first <laughs> few things you'd say to them if you get approached by a county? I know Philly McMahon was approached. 
in the last week or so he said in his column. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we'll we'll come back to that. Like, but like, Paddy, you've left him off the hook all year. Like, he like did he not switch club? <laughs> like, and him on about us transfer windows. Uh-huh. And this one, well, he's going from me to Claire. Like, <laughs> really? you know, he's like ah, Frankie Young there. Wait, I'm for trying. The bitter, like. I'm yeah. trying to extend my football career. I'm living down in Claire, lad. That's, that's <laughs> all I'm trying to do. No, Very I think. Oh, Paddy, now extend the career. Yeah, extend the career is right. But no, I think the big thing uh, in terms of what I've learned throughout the first year is to have really good people that you can talk to. If that's somebody you know or if that's somebody you can get to know over the course of uh, over the course of uh, the, the conversations. Like last year, I was, I, I suppose, rang from one or two counties in terms of going in coaching and stuff. And I, I got to know other managers throughout that course of the, of them conversations. And then it was really handy for me then to have them conversations throughout the year. What do you do in this situation? Where, Joe, how would you deal with this? And I think that was the biggest learning because that you sit on the side of being a player and you think, you know, what's going on on the management side. And until you no, go over to, until you go over to the dark side, lads. You haven't a clue. So it's uh, it's been a huge learning curve. But the key to having, obviously, I had John out there, anyone who I could talk to, uh, but to have mentors that have operated around Division Three and Division Four, I think was the key thing for me throughout the, the course of the first year. Really? Would you have been like? Would you have said you were like, kind of in management mode in your last couple of years as a player? Like, did you kind of? think that you had that kind of extra responsibility or because I know as a corner forward sometimes you're so worried about your sharpness being right your kicking being right it's kind of a lot to be in your own head about but did you kind of feel yourself being management style even then I think in 19 James I, I probably went over too much to that like I I, I went in I, I looked at it as a bonus year anyway in terms of playing Um, I remember when James rang me I said yeah listen one more year I'm out the gap here and uh I really did observe what was going on. We we had a guy in at the time was James Burke who played with us in 14. You'd know him, Paddy from Bally. Yeah. He play, plays Bally Munt. But he was in, he played with us and then he came in coaching us and I just loved the way he kind of interacted with the players. Like I was the captain of the team when he was actually in the squad and then a couple of years later he's there. He's five years younger than me. He's coaching the team. But I loved the way he, Joe, he didn't feel he needed to come in and stampede on us and give his impression. He came in and did a really nicely respected the kind of the group but got his point across really well observed James a lot but there was one stage in it where Chris Barrett pulls me aside and he goes Andy what are you doing here he said you're 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 competing against these guys he goes will you stop coaching them he goes we need you to actually fucking play here you know so there was a bit of a James definitely but it was kind of more of a a coaching side and the management side was kind of observing what James and the likes of James Burke and them guys were doing in 19. Isn't that a key thing, Andy? You say with James Burke coming in because we had we had the exact same thing with Brian Cullen, where he where he came in and it's he has the res- because he's, you've played with this guy and you know him he, he has the respect of the dressing room as it is. So we they don't need to force anything. You need to know your stuff. Obviously, yeah. you're being a coach and you're a trainer, but there's there's credibility straight. There's cash in the bank right from the get go, and that's he can kind of relax and be himself and you don't need to force or try and reinvent the wheel. Um, and that's, I think it's a big thing. And I'd say for you, even going in, this is your first kind of inter-county job where you're going in and every one of those Leitrim lads is looking down. Well, Andy Warren's a legend. Like, so it gives you, you still need to, you still need to prove yourself and, and, and add value for the guys, <clears> but it gives you a little bit of a head start going in because we were chatting with Paddy Talley even on this last week. 
a massive thing for a coach or a manager going into a dressing room for the first time is getting the players on side. And if you've had the playing background or you've played with the guys before, that gives you just that little bit of a head start um, and makes that transition a bit easier, I'd say. Yeah, like, like the, the, the thing with the Leitrim uh, stuff, Paddy, w- was different where they went through COVID and like we come from three really um, spoiled yeah. counties, really, in terms of we've the advantages of having finance available to us, whatever we need in terms of... Uh, huh? <laughs> whatever we need wait, wait till I get into AIG and they should be giving some money to Leitrim no, no. but, no, but we fight, we've everything we need really to, to get to the top for a game and we have that so we went, I went into Leitrim they've just gone through two years of COVID like the difference in what was available to players in Division 4 compared to where we our privileged existence in Division 1 was just insane lads and uh, Can you give, uh, us a, what, what, give us an example what a shock to you it's oh, 100%. It's it's the yeah. access. It, let's, let's not dress this up. And people don't like to talk about it. It's nearly like a, an area you're not allowed to mention, but it's the access to finance in terms of money. Like, so if you're looking going in last year, you, you, you have the greatest football team that probably ever played Paddy's team in Dublin. Uh, who have this is absolutely no disrespect to Dublin. I think I mentioned that plenty of times last year. You've got your house in order, you do stuff the right way. You've Costello in there that's running the kind of background stuff where you never have to worry about it. Everyone lives in Dublin. So if you take the expenses route that happened during the year, for instance, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's not. <laughs> People must think these expenses come from Central Council or something. It's the county boards that pay these expenses. So if you're driving from Dublin, where we have half our team, to Leitrim, or you're playing for Dublin and you live in Dublin, you work in Dublin, the expense on the Leitrim County Board is greater than the expense on the Dublin County Board. And your Leitrim probably finished around 30, 31st, 32nd in, in 2021. And now in 2022, they're going into the same competition as the Dublin, who start as the greatest team of all time anyway. They, they start with, they don't have this outgoing of expense every month that a Leitrim would have. And then you have to go and try to compete with this. So it leaves it really, really tight. And Leitrim are very lucky to have a really good county board who keep the finances really tight and everything is done to, to an edge. But th- there has to be something that's given towards uh, a Leitrim and Sligo and these guys if they want us to compete with the likes of a, a Kerry Dublin Mayo, uh, etc. moving forward. Do the, do the players ever get pissed off with it? Like, do they know the kind of the difference? Like, did they ever say, do you know what, fuck this, I couldn't, do you know, this is not worth it? Do like, yeah. they get like that? Yeah, we, we we were when the GPA thing was kind of going this year. Um, when it was going, it was it was very interesting the conversations and in terms of where the money comes from and how it's paid and where it's paid. And we we two very good reps and Shane Moore and Shane Quinn in terms of how they were explaining that to the players and they were saying. Right, lads, we mightn't have the access to hear where a Dubliner talking or a Mayor talking or a Kerry talking, you know. So they, they kind of explained it really well. To be, a, of course, to be a bit of uh, pissed off, but the fellas that we started with, we started with 36. Um, we finished with 36 throughout the course of the championship. Um, I think if they're playing and they feel like they're improving, I think they're okay with it. The money, the expenses isn't the driver. But I do feel if you're from a smaller county, there is a stage where you'd probably go, hold on here for a second. 
is this worth it? Am I losing too much money? If inflation stays at 10%, will they be able to afford it? I remember when we started, lads, I think diesel was about 83 cent a mile or something. And we used to get 50 cent a mile. Like, sure, we're making money. You're all the most lads. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know. But we're making money. Yeah, it's literally, that expenses thing has gone down, but it has to come from central council. It can't be expected that a county board with lower gates that can pay a, a greater amount, even though the majority of Mayo, Dublin, Kerry players would live in their home county, do you know? I think Paddy was about to ask you there, were you surprised when you went into Leitrim and you saw this? Um, do you get the sense that Anton, is this being spoken about, that Anton could be done about this at some stage soon? Oh, I think 100%. It's, it, it's, yeah. I, I think the county board treasurers and uh, chairman are just saying, hold on, someone has to say stop. And they're, they're, they're basically saying to the GA here, come on, we need a tiny bit of help here. You need to you need to help us out a tiny bit more. And how, that, how that's done, I think, is going to be a big conversation throughout the course of the winter. Um, Andy, let's crunch some of the numbers here from your first year in inter-county management. Really, Trump, so you started off in Division 4. Am I right in saying there was an FBD league game in January? That was your first match as a Leitrim boss. Dome. Was it in the in Dome? The dome. Yeah. In January, early oh, January. Oh, yeah. So you had that game. There was no other games then until Division Four kicked in. Correct. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. It was. It was. It was. It, the, the game in the dome was brilliant. Um, the problem with the FPD last year, we'd have loved if it was around Robin and we got three games because just to see who we had. But we had really good challenge matches throughout that course. I think we played Roscommon, we played Mayo, so we kind of filled it in. We filled it in along with that as well. So you you kicked into the year then, and uh, you had a tough start you had Cavan right away in division four but right up until round seven of the league Leitrim are still in the mix I think round seven actually <clears> against Sligo it ends up being a dead rubber because of the manner in which the games are fixed I think uh tip play London on the Saturday and whatever way that result went it kind of meant that Sligo London then was was a dead rubber you kick into the Connacht Championship then so in division three you had four wins or division four you had four wins and three losses but you were right in the mix up until uh the end there kick into the Connacht Championship you win your first game against London you go up again against the eventual LR finalists, Galway, and you're beaten in, that game was in Salt Hill. Mm. And then you're into the Talchon Cup. So a big win against Antrim, and the beginning is Antrim. That was a big day in Carrick and Shannon. I was watching it and you could see the atmosphere and the the fans spilling onto the pitch afterwards and and kind of the, the bit of vibe and Leitrim football that day was really evident. And then you went on to Sligo and you're beaten on penalties after extra time, but a fairly epic experience even though you came out on the wrong side of it, it did look like it was an exceptional game to be involved in. The shootout there between Keith Byrne and, and Alan O'Reilly, we wouldn't see the likes again until the All-Ireland final between Clifford and Walsh, the, the level of scoring that we saw there in those games. But across the course of the year, you used 31 players across your, your game. So I think fellas like David Bruin, Donald Rain, Mark Diffley started all 12. So they are linchpins. And then you even had lads like Jordan Reynolds who shone in the Talchin Cup. He only got two games off the bench. So I presume that there's some players there that you use this year that you'd like to see a bit more of over the coming years. Um, and then, you know, you had you had your players there that were involved the entire way through as well. So what, what was the experience like? I'm sorry, you had 26 scores across the year as well. And Keith Byrne, 365. <clears throat> Ryan O'Rourke, 619. Dara Rooney, Jack Heslin, Donald Rind. They're all racking up decent scores here across the year. How would you sum up the numbers when you look back on, on the year that you had? Well, we hadn't won a game in in two years, so we had there was two seasons there where we didn't win a game. It was uh, it was it was a really unusual place to come into. So we had Cavan very first game, 
which we, we, we probably didn't go after that game enough when you look back, but it was about to make sure that you're competitive going down the stretch. Could you could you be close enough to it? We probably could have pushed on a tiny bit more there if we were a bit more adventurous. But then the week after, then we went down to tip. Uh, we had a great win, uh, great win against tip. We end up losing to London. And then we would do three back-to-back. And in that period of three back-to-back, that was the most probably satisfying time of the year because, again... We hadn't won back-to-back then since 19. So it was huge to get. I think we did, uh, was it Waterford, Carlow, Wexford, one after another, which was a huge confidence builder for the team. But the key thing for it, lads, is it was Tipperary and Cavan were in Division 4. And before we started out, everyone would have said Tip, Cavan were good. Yeah. Uh, like Tip went, lost, lost the game against us, drew against Waterford and won five on the bounce. So like, that was huge. Like, like, only a team with that experience. Just, they just won five in the bounce, straight out the gap. They got to 11 points. I think the aim for us at the start of the year was to get to 10, and we ended up getting to 11. So it was a really kind of skewed league because of COVID and the way it kind of fell on anyway. So th- that was that was brilliant. But to get players playing consistently over that course, to get the likes of Keith Burns scoring eight, nine points, to get Ryan O'Rourke back, who hadn't played since 19, Jack Heslin, who hadn't played since 19. This was just huge for, for us as a group. Now, we're trying to push on now for year two and year three, and that, that was the aim from from the start. But to get such a positive year in year one w- was probably a bonus more than anything. But but what surprised me, Tommy, with it was the level of footballer that's in there, considering that it's such a small pick. So if you look at a guy like Pierre Stolen in the middle of the field, exceptional player, you look at the quality that Shane Moran produced, and then you have the likes of Ryan, uh, Keith, uh, Donald Casey, uh, you know Donald Rin Dipper from from college days. I think them guys around the place. Paddy Maguire, who's played 100, nearly a hundred times. Emblem Mulligan, all these guys. The, the quality is actually higher than than I thought. So moving into year two, I think the, the key thing is that the lads could show how good the quality is, and the only way they can do that is by fit enough come January, so that they can kind of just produce that right throughout the course of the league and championship. Was that the first thing you had to sort? Like, was it fitness-wise was kind of the massive difference or was it kind of like the whole uh, sports science scene, nutrition scene? Was fitness the main thing that was kind of just off a bit? I like. I think we said it, Paddy, and you've said it throughout the course of the the, the, the pod this year. It's them years. Listen, so you start off in year one, you go yeah. to year two, and then it's the strength in year two, year three. The training you know, age. Like. Where, yeah, where you really find it, you know? And... Absolutely, James. Even when Sligo ran out against us in the uh, and Tony McEntee and uh, um, and Joe Kane have done good work with Sligo in terms of their physical fitness. Um, they have a guy there called Sean Boyle that they hired as an SNC coach in Sligo, and you could see the physical shape difference of the Sligo boys compared to the Leitrim boys. Even when they ran out onto the pitch, you were like, like it was kind of. Take, but like the boys are working away out right throughout the course of the summer, and hopefully into twenty twenty three, that that them changes will come uh, less significant. Really, I know you weren't involved, and we didn't have the Tatton Cup beforehand, so it, it's hard to keep them compared to when a season would end a little earlier after a league campaign for Leitrim. We typically would have gone championship defeat uh, in Connacht, and then maybe knocked out in a qualifier after maybe a, a game or two. Um, how much of a bounce did you get from the Talchin Cup and that experience of winning a championship game in Carrick and Shannon against Antrim and then going down to the wire against Sligo? I know you lose on penalties, but how much did you gain from those two games after the Connacht campaign? 
Yeah, well, dude, firstly, to start, we went to London without Keith. You're on about that dead rubber game. That yes. was the biggest disaster of all time because it really? was dead rubber. Yeah. And Sean Carabine, who's, you had him on your team last yes. week, I think, did you? Yeah, close yeah, yeah. Enough to it. And, uh, and Keith. And Keith Byrne. Both got sent off in the game for yeah. nothing incidences. Like, it was the weirdest thing ever. We couldn't get him off because we hadn't good enough video evidence to get him off. So Is that the, re- is we, that the reason you couldn't yeah, get him off? Yeah, so we had, to go to, we had to go to London without Keith and to win over there without Keith was 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 brilliant. I think Ryan got 2-2 to, to win his yeah. big game. Donald Rin played really well at uh, at, uh, at full forward to score 1-1 one, 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 one or 1-2 one, as well. Then we went up to Galway and we played against Galway. And for 20 minutes, I know this sounds insignificant to everyone, but for 20 minutes not playing 14, 15 men behind the ball, we were actually really competitive. Now, then when the Jets started going and, uh, um, sorry, his name escapes me. McDade. McDade took off. And <laughs> a few, a few, a big day that day. Yeah, a few of the boys he took off. a few that, big days now, yeah. But, but that was his first one, Paddy. It's funny that can kick you off. Like That was his first <laughs> real big day. He, he kicked four against us, three bombs in the first half. Like, scores of the, of the level he kicked against Armagh. And all of a sudden he was away. You know, but we, we stuck with them for 20, 25 minutes and all the lads could come out after the game and say, OK, right, we we see a bit of a... a, a we're getting a, a tiny bit closer. Yeah, base. Base. Now, second half ran away from us. It ended up being a 20-point defeat. But all of a sudden, it was 9-6, I think, at halftime or 9-6 coming into the 35th minute. It was a really competitive game. So it was kind of exciting in a small way. Then, then we went to play at Antrim. Boys played really well. You mentioned the likes of Jordan Reynolds. Hadn't played for Leitrim in years. Had never won a game at underage, at underage level or at senior level for Leitrim. Comes on that day and just absolutely was outstanding. Kicks points straight away. Wins kickouts. Does the same against Sligo. Scores one one when he comes on. So it was just a great experience for them guys to play in front of five six thousand people and. It was just, it was amazing. Fellas coming onto the pitch were on about the privilege of being a Division One team. So when you're with a Division One team, you get sent gloves. I don't know when the last time any of the three of us lugs bought gloves. Do you know? I'm still using Murphy's gloves out of the back yeah. of the van. I'm an ambassador, right? Yeah, and then I got them about three years ago. I don't know where they are, right? And uh, I thought they, you'd be wearing them here. You're advertising. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, but we had, uh, we, but the boys were giving away the gloves to the kids after the game, and I was like. Lads, you have to pay for them gloves. I said, like, you know, we were... But, like, that was it. The kids were coming onto the pitch. It, it, like, it made a huge difference to our players to see that they were gaining energy within the team and the Talton Cup allowed that to happen. Isn't that... Like, we were on the, the, the outside looking in and we, we spoke about this last year when the Talton Cup was announced. There was an obvious need for some sort of second-tier competition. And the three of us feel for, from watching the games, being in Crow Park for the semi-finals and finals, that... It was a success. It, it probably wasn't perfect in terms of the, the way they did the initial draw on the North and South team. But for you being in it, Andy, and for your players, was it? It, it was a success for you guys. Like say, those couple of games, it'll be probably tweaked next year to be a bit more, even better than what, than what it was this year. But for you being in that for the first time and for the Leitrim players, was it a success? Was it enjoyable having that, having that there? Uh, Paddy was huge like like so it was a success on a playing front straight away in terms of using players boys getting championship games against teams that are of a similar or higher level like an Antrim played Division 3 we played in 4 so it, that was a huge success anyway okay yeah. but in terms of getting momentum behind a team like all of a sudden there was I think there was 4,000 people like I remember saying to the boys uh, against uh, before the Antrim game how many people would be here I thought there'd be they'd say five or 600 and they go 
Oh no, there'll be two and a half thousand people at this game. And I was kind of like, they go, Andy, there's nothing else in Leitrim bar Gaelic football. It's mad. So I said, I thought they were high, like, but there was 4,000 people at the Antrim game. And then the week after against Ligo, there was 5,000 people at the game. Now you 5,000 people in Pork Sean, Paddy, it's like, like, like it's like, us play. Play there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, it, it, like the penalties happened and all the kids were down at the scoreboard end, like, and you could see the ref saying no, and you could just see the kids scattering, <laughs> banging. The, and like, it was just, it was just a brilliant, brilliant nice. atmosphere. And to see the players get the lift off that, to hear Keith Byrne talking after the game and saying, you know, for us to be inspiring the next young players, yeah. you know, everyone needs a target. What are you playing the game for? And if it's to bring young guys along with you, isn't, isn't that amazing? You know? Yeah. That was, that was, I asked something just, just on. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. We are, we are massive fans of the penalty shootout. Yes. On this pod. And we've seen, obviously, Claire Limerick was the first one yourselves in Sligo. And then, obviously, probably one of the most iconic moments of the season, seeing it in Croker between, between Galway mm. and Armagh. For you being in it, um, your team being in it, and, and unfortunately losing that day, how do you feel about penalties? It's easy for us because we're not in it and we love the drama of it. Mm. I don't think I've ever heard a manager say they like it. But I, I, the choice gonna, was, Andy's 0 for 2. Andy's 0 for 2 as well. After, after the better last two of them. he came out and said, even after winning, it shouldn't be in. But as a neutral watching it, it's incredible. But Andy, go on. Well, what was it like? No, James, I'm going to book the trend. I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've been. Would. Yeah, I've been saying for years. I've been saying for years that it's. We're, we're like it's. It has to be an entertainment game. It, it genuinely has to be. And yes, we lost, and they must have been listening to you because every one of our boys opened their body, and we. <laughs> and uh, uh, the the um, Devenny just read read every one of them. Do you know? And we ended yeah. up scoring two, missing two, but it was. For a coach, the pressure's off you once it goes to penalties. Like, yeah, like yeah. You, you, you have no control over it, absolutely none. The boys say who wants to take them away to go. But I think from an entertainment point of view, I think it's the way it has to go, lads. I know it's not, it, it's not, people are saying it's not GA, it's not this. But like, it's a skill of the game. You go in and you take them. If you if you win the game, away you go. If you don't win it, that, 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 that's life. So I, I'm in favour of definitely some form of shootout. If they brought it to a 45 or a 35, it wouldn't bother me. Just as form, as long as it's done on the day and away you go. Were you like Jack Charlton in Italian 90? You couldn't watch. Were you looking uh, away or were you, what were you like on the sideline? No, I was, uh, I, was, I was nervous watching and I wasn't involved. I was more nervous watching the goal of our man ones, would you believe? It's, uh, <laughs> like when it's, when it's your own team, you're just hoping for the best of the boys. And like... Emlyn ended up missing uh, the penalty. Uh, yeah, who was one of the like the greatest players that ever played for Leitrim. He's played over a hundred times and uh, a soccer um, man as well. Uh, yeah, and to get to a hundred caps for Leitrim is a, such an achievement. That's because if you're only playing five or six games a year, yeah. or maybe eight games a year, it's so much harder for that to happen. So for him to get up to a hundred was huge. But he, he missed the penalty and uh, you just feel for him in that moment. But in terms of the whole kind of penalty atmosphere and uh, thing, I, I think it's a success, to be honest. Yeah. So that was the 8th of June. And a couple of weeks later, on the 27th of June, <laughs> James Horan steps down as Mayo manager. 48 hours later, the news emerges that Andy Moran has agreed to stay on with Leitrim for another two years man Andy was it a coincidence Andy that it happened that quickly or like was it in the works before that well, what's going on there like because let, let's not <clears throat> beat around the bush the second the Mayo job comes up you're a former player you're you're in 
inter-county management already. Your name was floated very early in that process. Now, the Mayo process that we've seen is still rolling on. They still haven't engaged in interviews. There's They're ringing me all last week. Like, oh, <laughs> good luck. I'm doing the football part. Get away from me. <laughs> Bye, Paddy Andrews. Yeah, see, that's the sponsorship, Paddy. You're getting paid more now. So. <laughs> <That's what happens>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't know who had a price, didn't he? He had a price. Yeah, he was out the gap. I yeah, said yeah. I'd send him on Jimmy's number. Did I ring you yet, James? No? Another zero I needed. <laughs> <laughs> But, the Mayo, uh, no, the Mayo I mean, job. So, so Tommy, like, like signing up for whatever job was coming up last year. Mm. James was in his fourth year. It was a four-year term. Yes. Like, I knew that there was it was a, it was a possibility that this could happen. Like, I went to bar the semi-final between Kerry and Dublin. What a game to miss! I think I went to Crow Park every other day that was that was on. Um, uh, that weekend, including the Kildare Mayo game and the the, the Roscommon Clare game, the day that was on, and I came out of the Roscommon or the Mayo Kildare game, even though Mayo ended up winning that, and myself and Jenny, I had to give Jenny a mention, but it, 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 myself and Jenny were on the way down the road, and uh, I, I think it was fairly evident that it, it, that was going to that it was going to end. Um, if I'm being if I'm being brutally honest, so we had a, a five minute conversation coming down the road. She goes, "If it comes up, what are you going to do?" I said. Not a thing. I said, I'm staying where I am. So the decision was made well before James had done it. Then all of a sudden, you, James leaves and the ego kind of hits you and you're being mentioned and all this. And I said, I need to get myself out of here. So we, we, we between myself and the county board, we just made a release statement and it, it just kind of worked out really, really well, really well at the time. But it was a race that I entered that I didn't want to be in. So it was just getting yourself out as quick as you could, you know? Like so Before we get into what's going on in May, like that's a massive statement to the Legion players as well. Do you know, in terms of what you're trying to do, like you're going into that dressing room and you're trying to bring them on a journey and they're getting that a couple of weeks. Do you know, there's a long six, seven months now until you're back playing inter-county football mm. competitively again. That's a great character but, to have over the next but, few months. But you're, 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 you're there and you're trying to... I went in and James James pointed out was the fitness, was the physical conditioning, was that a huge uh, uh, point right at the start? It was. And you're, you're telling guys this is going to be an 18-month, two-year, mm. maybe three-year journey. And then the first time uh, another job comes up, if you jump ship, like like what what, what do you stand for? So, listen, I, I, I kind of bought into it really. Lads, I can't. I think I talked to you, Tommy, throughout the year. Loved the job. Like, like mm. I mean, literally, the people at Leitrim have been so good to me with a good board, the players have been so receptive. Like I was thinking, I have a really good job here that I really love. Joe, you know, where would it be going? Do you know, and uh, mm. and that's I think that's what coaching is about, really more so than than yes, the draw of managing your own county is always going to be there. But listen, you got to be ready for that when you go for it. And I've got a huge opportunity here with Leitrim, and I was just happy to stay with it. What's you said the word? Sorry, Tommy. You just mentioned the word coaching there, Andy. Right? Like when you went into to Leitrim. Did you kind of say, right, I'm going to save my voice here and be the kind of manager, manager? Or was it if I get stuck in down the coaching at the very bottom? Like, how did you kind of say, I'm going to go at this? Because I Rory, obviously... Rory Gallagher job, tackling lads in the warm-up. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's hands, literally hands on. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, James, great question. I heard you saying it uh, about Paddy last, about Paddy Talley last week and you were asking the difference between the management. I'm a coach. 
like straight up. I'm I'm on the field. I'm coaching. Uh, I was lucky enough. Mike Solon, who's now going for the Mayo job, was with me last year. He'd be Joe. He'd we we'd nearly split it. He'd do the kind of logistical side of that, dealing with the county board, and I'd be on the field, kind of coaching. Uh, Right from the, the outside, I have two really good lads with me too, Barry McGuini and James Clancy, who'd be into coaching as well. So they'd be on the field to try to get everything out of it. We got a top-class S&C coach, uh, Dahi McCabe from Dublin. Uh, he'd come down and he, he did a tiny bit with you, Paddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Top class. So it, I'm the coach, but then I've, I've really good people to help me as well uh, along the way. But I'd be on the field shouting and roaring and uh, doing the bits and pieces like that, James, yeah. Is you... that a big balance to find? And he is, we were, and we, we had this conversation with Paddy Taggy last week where backroom teams are probably more front and centre now. They're, they're not in the background <laughs> anymore. People are going, there, there's 10 or there's 15 or there's 20 guys there. Who's doing what? How does you're trying to manage that as well as 35 or 40 players? And as a manager, and particularly you going in with your first kind of stint at inter county level. That can be really daunting. You can find you can end up spending all your time on the wrong bloody stuff. And and like I say, I would always said of you and that conversation we would have had, your biggest asset in terms of going in there is coaching and being on the pitch with the lads and, and bringing them through. And that like I say, it's it's very important to have the right people around you for, from the get-go. That you could like I say for Mike's own, you can kind of say, the county board stuff, will you deal with that this week? I want to be on. We have a game on Saturday, I need to get guys ready. Um, and I'd say, would you say it's a pitfall for, for newer coaches going in, trying to find their feet in that regard? Oh, Paddy, it's, I've never seen anything like it mm. to have to learn on the job. Like, I, I swear to God, like, and I run my own business here, I do whatever I do. What's the business called? <laughs> here we are. No, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, the movement. A fine setup. A great, estab- a great establishment, but uh, they, but but the the but the the truth about it, I've never seen anything that you just learn. Did you know that you were on about it there last week about the quickness of the eleven games in seventeen weeks with Paddy Talley? Like that's the Monday when you play a league game on the Sunday. So we play all our league games on a Sunday, and because it's Division Four, so you play on a Sunday, and then you play the following Sunday. Between that Sunday and the Wednesday before you train, all lads. Like you don't sleep, like you, you literally. It's, it's like you, so. You have to watch the video that you just played yourself. Right, go through that. What do I need to pick out of this? Where do I need to go with it? You have to watch the video in the next opposition or a few videos. You're ringing the stats guy saying, "Can you clip all the kick out?" Do you know what I'm saying? You're trying to get all this done. And in year one, where like like I got the job maybe September October. Joe, you know, you're 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 kind of just kind of feeling out trying to get players playing for you you're not thinking about the opposition you're going to play in yeah. you have none of this pre-prepared them weeks lads were just you're like probably you're dealing talking. with players as well you're probably talking to yes. lads during the week yeah of course and the learning curve in that lads is just is incredible and it was it was brilliant it's brilliant now when you look back and you say jeez I learned more there sounds awful hard Andy you sure you don't miss the pod like <laughs> we're I, I, here, like. <laughs> but sure I was carrying you there for a couple of months like, <laughs> you're back you're absolutely shattered like. <laughs> yeah but, but it was it was it was brilliant like and you look back at it now and it's you can pre you can prepare now for year two in terms of looking at teams already and you can do all that which is just it, it's huge going through and, and going forward but like enjoyed it but it was it was incredibly tough throughout the course of the National League there's still similar to last year there's a lot of movement going on in inter-county circles there's still seven or eight positions to be filled um, <clears throat> Donegal Mayo Monaghan Roscommon Offley have appointed Liam Kearns 
uh, earlier in the week. Longford, Wexford, Wicklow in terms of football. Connor Laverty has come in to down. He's got that job now. Marty Clark has come on board with him and got a, a strong backroom there. Andy McEntee was appointed in Antrim. Is Marty Clark gone in, as you say? With Marty Laverty. Clark's gone in with Laverty. Yeah, 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 they've been working together for the last couple of years at 20s and Very good. Age. Uh, John Cleary replaced Keith Rickon in Cork um, after Rickon had to step away and Conor Morocco's been appointed in Mead. Can I just ask you, Andy, this is, I'm hoping you, you lift the veil here. Has the Intercounty Manager's WhatsApp group just been hopping? Have lads just been leaving and entering? Like, what's that process been like? <laughs> yeah, there's no... Or has it not been reset yet? Who's the admin? Who's the admin in the group? I, I think with the, with this... Um... <laughs> Colin O'Rourke I think is he <laughs> they, they, I, I, everyone's I, gone on mute since O'Rourke got the job voice notes voice <laughs> notes from O'Rourke <laughs> but uh, I think uh, no I, I, it's a mad time and like what's happening now is that you've all these national newspapers who have nothing to write about yeah. and it's, it's gone crazy and you see the Mayo and what's happened the Mayo process is actually fine there's nothing wrong with the Mayo process it's right. the length of time that has actually taken to yeah. get it so, so it's, it's just like, too long it's gone on too long. And when you leave that vacuum, now all of a sudden you have really good people who've represented me at all levels being absolutely torn asunder on social media. And you're like, well, you just get it done, you know. But it's, seven, uh, it's gone into week seven now. It's gone into week seven and it'll be it'll be well into the second month. And it's just, uh, you just like, what I'm hearing, you're on about these WhatsApp groups. There's no WhatsApp okay. group. But, but what you're hearing in the background is that an awful lot of counties and an awful lot of background teams are waiting to see what happens with that Mayo job to see can they gobble up a few of the the some of the three teams that don't get the job, you know? Because there's some there's very strong candidates. Last week, literally the, the week after the All Ireland final, it was WhatsApp groups, there was rumours in Dublin, there was rumours with Monaghan, and it was going, What's what's true here? And it's it's exactly that. There's nothing else to write about until yeah. the club seasons have, have started <clears> the first round of a lot of club championships, but until that kind of gets to maybe semi-finals and finals in respective counties. There is a window there of maybe four or five weeks where the inter-county season's finished. The club season hasn't really kicked in. So if you're sitting there as a GAA journalist, like we've seen some of the stories and, and we're getting the WhatsApps in the back and going, this is complete and utter Paddy, Paddy bullshit. Hates WhatsApp. Paddy hates WhatsApp rooms. But like it's so, like... You're it, right. It's nonsense, like. There's no credibility behind it. And, and then people hound and go, is this legit? I'm like... No, it's like there's like me getting offered a Mayo job. Like that was no, that's not true. <laughs> this they, were so, they, were, they were so impressed with you in the TF. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. But um, but I, I think you're right. It'll still go on for because, okay, so, so two jobs are filled this week in Down and Offaly. There's still, like you say, there's still some big counties, like not just Mayo, where this is going to go on for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. everyone the thing is though, the, the no. club championships will heat up. But Andy, we were even saying last night, like the only thing we're really watching at the minute is the bloody Chicago championships or the Boston championship <laughs> is on this Sunday, <laughs> you know. And like you're at, people are just craving football at the minute. So once once you start getting a bit of club action on TV, I think it'll it'll change. But, but what, yeah. what do we think, lads? Sorry, just on, on the the split season. You're obviously a coach in it now, Andy. There were there was a crying out that give the club guys their own window. I liked the, the nature of the season where it's games, games, games. And, and Jimmy, we touched on it a couple of times throughout the last couple of months where you don't play a championship match and you're waiting four weeks for the next one. I liked the, okay, the championship's finished in July and I get that, but I preferred it. But it seems to be getting a lot of negativity now at the minute that they're going, look, beautiful weather, it's August and there's no bloody big games in Crow Park. But I can add to that, right? As a club player now, we're going into a block of probably 
hopefully eight to ten weeks of just matches with the club that like the club players don't get enough of that. Do you know, the weather's going to be unreal. You have a chance to get together, play your club season together, and it's brilliant for the clubs. And the, the they county have already had in. Yeah. So I know what it is a downside that we're not watching in the county matches, but as the, the main people involved in the in football are club players. So like it's important that they get a good run at it as well. And it's brilliant to be involved with your club over a sustained period. So I have the, I have that angle in terms of fair enough. We're missing the big games in Crow Park, but like there's still brilliant football going on. Yeah, no, I love I love that James because it, it's like what I was saying about Leitrim. You're you're a bit ignorant to it when you're not actually yeah. part of your back now playing club. You can actually see okay, lads, we're going to get a block of eight. You can see that, which is which which is great viewpoint of it. Where are you back playing, Paddy? No. Okay, so I think I'm dusting off the boots this weekend. But anyway, I haven't played. Oh, I, I, I that web's on them, is there? Is that, is that breaking? Is that breaking? Is that breaking? on Monday? Is this I breaking actually, news? Yeah, I actually don't know, to be honest with you. We'll see. But I haven't, I haven't kicked the ball. <laughs> don't but, think around. Don't, 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 say, don't yeah, say you haven't kicked the ball. You've been sending me photos of you with a bag of O'Neill's out in the pitch in the early evenings. And that was after watching Clifford and Walsh. We have to talk about that yet. But, the, the, <laughs> but the, just on the, the, the split season, the... Um, yeah, I think it has to play out its course. This season has to play, and then we have to make a justification. But like everything in the world now, like it's you're either for something or you're against it. Like, yeah. can we not just get the best of both? Like, like, like Donal Oak had a, a statement. I thought it was one of the best bits of TV I've seen all year. Like, you know, and like people were right now. I just went into the comments on Twitter. Don't ever go into the comments on Twitter. Oh, but anyway, I went into oh. the comments on Twitter, note to oneself, but it was, oh, you're only missing out for a month on money and all this. And I'm like, he's on a contract. It it's doesn't ridiculous. matter yeah. shit to him if he's finished in July <laughs> or August. Like, these people really do care about the game. And I think if Michael Murphy, for instance, is out of the championship in May and he doesn't play on the telly for the whole year from there, from May to, until next February, that is a loss to the GA. Like, no matter how much you dress it up, that is a competitive loss if you're not seeing your best players playing. Um, but then the plus side of it is exactly what James just said. The club players know when they're playing and the way they go. The other side of it, though, <clears throat> is TJ Reid came out last week with a really good statement as well. And he said he doesn't like it. So Lee Chin came out and said I, he loves it. Yeah. And then TJ Reid comes out and says, but OK, it's all right for the well, club that's players. That's interesting, but because he's obviously a successful club as well. Like, unbelievably successful yeah. club. Well, I didn't say that. What what? He, he wanted he, to, to play I, I, as normal first week of September, all Ireland Hernafoy. Yeah, he goes, I could be misquoting him, but what he said, he said, he said, he he goes, people are saying this really helps the club player, but he said, you're telling me that the club player isn't going to have any significant game from January to the 1st of August or to the 1st of September for the whole year. He goes, how are you going to hold them players? He said, I, and I think this is what he said, um, it could be misquoting him, so TJ, if I am, I apologise. But he, he, he goes, 1 to 15, he said, you'll probably hold. But he said, how are you going to hold that player from 16 to 30? He said, how are you going to hold him right through? And you have seen it in, in, in different counties around the place where the likes of Mayo get knocked out against Kerry in, in the quarterfinal. Like, we had an awful lot of players gone. Like, there was a, a, a club quarterfinal, league quarterfinal pull last week because one team couldn't significant or couldn't play a game. I think in Longford, there was an intermediate or there was a the, a senior championship game pull last week because they couldn't fulfill the team. They didn't have a team played. Because all these young fellas now can see there is a period here where I can scatter and I can go. And uh if you, if you give that, if there's not a lot a lot of games between May, June and July, I do think that is a risk to it. But what's a right, of, we uh, have to wait till it plays out and see what's right and what's wrong, you know? Like club championships in Mayo this year didn't start till September, right? It, there's no change. 
There's no change. So like a lot of counties did that where they waited. They didn't bother actually changing that with split season. It's the first year of it. I yeah. don't think, I absolutely don't think it's perfect. No. But I, I think that they can work towards, you know, making making this a bit better and, and build on the stuff that we learned this year. And like, as you said, like the reaction to some of the, the comments from Don Logan and others was absolutely ridiculous. It was, it was, you know, it's so adamant. Everyone's, everyone's not that black and white. There's a gray area here somewhere that, as James says, the club player needs a sustained amount of time where he knows mm. he's going to get games. And the intercounty season could be a little bit. But Paddy and James, have you noticed <clears throat> over the course of the years too that there's fellas, there's supporters now that just support Kerry, Dublin, and Mayo. They oh, don't have a club. 100%. Like. Yeah, 100%. So, so that. I think that was always the way, though. I don't think that's just the reason. I Is think that so, in every county, though. But but I, I think when the yeah, county yeah. stuff st- stopped, Tommy or Paddy, and there wasn't as much on telly, I think that guys would go down to the club and maybe yeah. be involved. But there is, in Mayo, particularly, there's Mayo supporters who are aligned to no club. Wow. You know? I, didn't, and, I didn't really cop that. And I think this is a new thing that has never really happened before. In, in I, I don't think it's happened as much, Paddy, in my time. Do you yeah. know? Uh, um, and I, I think I think that could be a huge thing. And it just leaves a vacuum there. And I think it leaves a dangerous vacuum that some fellas who they want to might bring a few retired players, but it, it, they might set up a, a little thing in Dubai over the course of two weekends or something like that where they Ooh, could pay I players. Like and, you know, I do think, I do think it's... <laughs> oh, Andy, you Love it. have to get over for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just off them boots, Jimmy. Just off them boots. I'll do it for Dubai, I tell you. I, I do think it does leave a vacuum. You see what happened in Chicago. Should the Twitter blew up about the Chicago Club Championship. Because but it was class. Yeah. It's like, so I mean, what, what would be the, the downside the of that? The whole team like, just went over and tried to win the Chicago Championship. <laughs> and they couldn't play it like yeah, you can only have, it doesn't matter lads we win the Chicago yeah, you can only have yeah. three you can only have three people three county players on the pitch so they were subbing oh, on and off for each other yeah, <laughs> really, I thought James Horn was going over management <laughs> I like, yeah, I'd have went for that job Jimmy or Paddy yeah, myself you know? yeah. James what yeah. were you saying there you wanted to get in on Dubai <laughs> I bet he no, goes. I was going to say that it would be good to get like we're so set in national mm. league, championship, county league, club championship. Like to throw in a spanner in the works and have this random thing, like it would be unreal. We need to do more of that. As Patty, okay. as Andy says, the entertainment factor. Like we need to do something off the cuff. Just to like that football season at the start was slow moving. Mm. You know, like as as invested as we all were, some of the division one games were very slow. They were a bit drab, a bit boring. Like we need to fire it up with a bit of excitement and just trying something new. I'm all for it anyway. Dubai okay. next up. Speak, <laughs> speaking speaking of entertainment, I'm on my holidays, but I don't. I think you boys are all going to work. So we have a couple of quick fire questions to get through here before we finish off. Andy Moran, can you talk to us about like we all love football in this pod, but I I think there's a chance that Andy Moran might love football more than anyone else Ooh. in the world. How much did you love? the Clifford Walsh show, just taking that in isolation, the points that we saw being kicked from play, the moments, the mark, the shimmies, like how much did you love that in Crow Park? Did you appreciate it? Yeah, like we've seen Shane playing for years um, and me and Paddy, uh, I suppose, against Monaghan last year and yeah. stuff like that and we were just waiting for this fella to, to explode onto the scene and I was delighted for him, if I'm being honest. I know he lost all Ireland. It's not, it's not going to make up for him losing to All-Ireland. And for a person that's been there, it, nothing makes up for that. But for him to put on that show in Croker, American, and Tom O'Sullivan was just 
Like that's that that's amazing. I'm big fan, massive fan, and I love the way Paddy Talley said he didn't realise how good of a footballer Tom Sullivan. I tell you all of my own how good of a footballer Thomas Sullivan is. He's just sensational. But he's like to do that against Thomas Sullivan was unreal. I'm a huge, like outrageous fan of Clifford. Like I just I I, I've loved him since, like, not the, the minor stuff. The first day I seen him playing senior was in, in McHale Park in, uh, you know, McHale Park, winter. Yeah, I do. And everyone was like, ah, this book isn't this good. I was like, this fella's doing stuff I've actually never seen before in a football field. I remember he used to do this shimmy where, or this move where he used to lean into the corner back and come out three yards. You know the one, James, where he just mm. shows out in front quickly? So I went to training the week after that, you know, and I said, I lean in here. I forgot that I was five foot nine and probably about 14 stone. And I can't move. Big arse there to get yeah. the But he was just moving shit in, out, and away you go. And I think he did this year. James, you probably know more about this than anyone. I don't think he... I, I would argue there's a point that he didn't train from the Mio game to the All-Ireland Finals group because he, he never looked... He, for me, he never looked at full fitness and he does what he does is just I just think it's incredible um, like it, he just, there, was a, there was a moment the, the second mark second mark I got uh, I was eating the prawn sandwiches the day the all the finals down beside Michael D and Ross Mundy was sitting right behind me and we we're just having a few chats during the game and the second ball goes in for the second mark and Mundy hits me the ball is midair he just said he said he couldn't you know, and it was just the air of excitement with this you know, kind of godlike Monster. figure. Like I remember even Kerry just produced him. I remember the first day, James, I seen you playing. You came on against Cork. I think you came on and you kicked one. I think it was in Killarney with your right leg across yeah. the bar with inside your foot and you shaped your foot in a weird sort of way. And I was just like, how did you do this? And my brother-in-law, he wasn't at the time, but a good buddy of mine, Stephen Drake, just texted me. He goes, how do these fuckers keep producing forwards? You know, and this was a new kick. That I, it was a new kick. And then you just see, I went down playing minor against against Kerry. Didn't know who the Gooch was when I went down. And all you kept hearing was, give it to Gooch, give it to Gooch. I was like, who is this Gooch fella? Like, you know, <laughs> but they just keep producing this line of forward. And to me, no offence to the Gooches and the, or the Donahues and the Morris Fitzes, this guy is just, he's off the charts. I'd love to just get James for 30 seconds there. Just, you know, I know you don't like blowing up a fella, but it's hard not to blow him up, isn't it? It is, but, you know, he's so grounded. And the fact that he was such a, he was almost a superstar at minor. Like, he came through the same Hogan Cups minor. It was like, when's this fella going to hit the road running? And he did. Like, he didn't have any settling in period. He just came in, did his thing quietly, trained hard, Physically turned into an absolute specimen. So I, I always say about Clifford, he's six foot two, but he plays five ten. Like he mm. can do all the small stuff in and out of fellas dancing. Like that point he got against Dublin when he went around Fitzsimons and back out onto the right and swung well, it four up. Four lads he went around. There's no yeah, but there's no fella six foot two that, that can move like that. Do you know the swing of the hips and to to bring it around. So, so I couldn't speak highly enough of him. And you're right, there's more to come from him. And yeah, did you, did you like the way Tally, did you like the way Tally nailed him down last week? Yeah, he can't tackle. He can't tackle. Tally, Tally's onto something. <laughs> Clifford does that in games, and I, is it James? Do you get grilled that hard for your tackle counts? Is he just saying 
Sure, I couldn't tackle. I got a yellow card. No, you can't get away with Well, that. no, he would definitely. He'd definitely be under pressure in terms of getting his tackle count up 100%. But like, when you're carrying a knock or something like that, or carrying, a, I think it was a calf he had or an ankle, and next thing you, you get stuck in something you don't want to be stuck in. In that final, in that final, me and Paddy were watching it, right? Shane Walsh hit four tackles on the spin down in the corner of the Hogan, right? And we were like, what an animal work rate. What brilliant, brilliant player for his team. Did not touch the ball for the rest of the game. Rest of the game. Like, so some fellas, you just have to say, right, stay out of it a bit. Yeah. Clifford, Clifford runs back in the first half uh, against Sean Kelly. And it looks like he pulls up. I keep an eye on him. I don't think he tackled again after. Oh, no, he did. He butchered Kelly with a no shot yeah. to the jaw. But after that, <laughs> he, he actually, he didn't tackle again because he was just, it was like, I actually never thought he looked fully at his, at his peak. Do you know, I, I uh, during the year and, I just, I just find him the most incredible. I remember he scored the goal against uh, Monaghan and Clonus. Remember in that? Uh, yeah, in 18. Yeah, right. James, yeah, James, James played the ball. Don, he yeah, flicks it. Don, he flicks it. And I was just like, how did he even score that? You know? And you know what I think is a real special forward? I'm not, Paddy, there's no disrespect to either myself or yourself. I don't think we had this in the locker. But you know the way Shane Walsh scores the goal against Roscombe where he comes back out like yeah, he's, yeah. he's literally facing the other way. Yeah, like I just I think that's the most incredible skill of all, yeah. and like like the point that uh, James is talking about, where Clifford takes on Fitzsimons and goes, he's running, he's going towards his own goal, yeah. and he kicks it. I'm like, I dislocate, no. I dislocate my hip if I try to do it. <laughs> you know, you're right, isn't it? Like, like we all, and Andy, you're a coach. You go in, and he's like, everyone's the same. All 15 years, and there's guys to come on, the attackers to do all of this stuff. But you need to understand there are certain guys who are just. A little bit different. And if it means that the other five forwards have to do work a little bit harder, the old Cristiano Ronaldo job, well, then you just do it because yeah. you're going to You get have to be delivering. Say Clifford. Oh, he's you're you're going to get the dividends. To the put the side. scores on the board. Yeah, This guy is going to do something that you other five Muppets can't do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, as a as a player, you need to understand that as well. And that, that's being a good teammate and kind of saying, I... David, you get your breath there. I'll run back 60 yards and, and do the, the donkey work because you still have to do that work for the team. But you know, when Clifford gets the ball the next time, he's going to do another outrageous thing. And, and for us, you're saying, Jimmy, he's, he's a superstar. Like, we would have known about him. Our team was being successful and then you kind of see this guy winning the home cups mm. and minors and stuff. And the first time we came across him was in a, in a league game, I think it was February or March and Croker in 18. It was the first time we played against him. And we were chatting about it. We'd won three All-Irelands in a row at this time. <laughs> we were like, we were a confident team. And we're going like, this fella's coming in. This is the first go at him. Let's see what he's like. And he scored. We ended up winning the game, but I think Kerry were winning at halftime. And he, he ended up on Keno Sullivan, I think. And he kicks three points into the canal end. It was a Sunday. It was an odd, because it was a Sunday game against Kerry. And normally they were always Saturday nights. Um, but he was, we were watching him that day on the pitch. And we kind of got the grips of a bit in the second half, kind of inexperience and stuff like that. But straight away, his first game against us, he was doing things where you're like, shit, this guy, or these guys are going to be a handful for the next 10 years. I was delighted because it was on the way out anyway. You wouldn't have to worry about him too much longer. But right from the get-go, he's been a Your cornerback days were over as well. We're long over. <laughs> you could enjoy, enjoy him. I could enjoy him. But, but you, know, you know, I think that's one of the most impressive things with him, that he's come in with, I know you say there's no pressure on him. There is massive pressure because the whole country knew about him. Paddy, the pressure going into him in that final was, I don't care. Yeah. Insane. And for him to catch the first ball and just... He was spectacular. Yeah, nonchalantly just 
Peg, like this first his first point, like I, I call America from play. There's no way I'm giving Americans free. So he gets five for play, I think. Yeah. But his first one from open play was yeah. where he turns out and he just kicks it over from 35 yards and it makes it look like it's a simple. Isn't that it's it's just so easy, like just I'll clip it over. Like, just a little like, how do you even do it? Like, you know, like Jesus, uh, I'd have to oh, yeah, the two feet be off the ground, I'd be whipping it, like you know. It's uh, <laughs> what I, do you know what I'd love to see is do you remember when yourself and Killian and you were inside from Mayo, right? And you had this unbelievable relationship where you'd almost be screening for each other and every run you make, you were both involved in that. Mm. Like if Clifford could get that relationship with someone where they were selflessly helping him out to get more ball and vice versa, I think it would take him even to, to another level. Do you know, like sometimes he has to work very hard wrestling his man off out to the corner. Like that relationship that you and Killian had, it was almost unstoppable. Once the ball was kicked, you were winning it like. No, and I think I think Pawdy and particularly Darren Moynihan when he's playing does it on a defensive point of view. But I know exactly what you mean. You're you're on about that screener inside where it, it like it's it's that that be just it'd be magic stuff. It's just I just think the we're 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 privileged. The, the, the whole debate of Walsh or Clifford, like. It, it, it's like I remember I used to be I'm still a massive Ronaldo fan right never sported United or nothing I don't know why but uh, it used to be Ronaldo or Messi but when I got a bit older I could just think just enjoy the two of them you know just enjoy the. what are we arguing about here we're just after seeing the most beautiful 48 to 50 minutes of football from two guys it was just it was incredible and uh, yeah if he got that James I think it would just be like, mm. I think it'd be, I think it'd be it'd be magic stuff you know yeah there we go I think that's a Perfect place to leave this week's episode of the Football Pod. Andy Moran, it was lovely having you back. Thanks, lads. Keep up the great work. I yeah, really you enjoyed up, it um, you keep, over keep the years. Keep up the great, so, work, yeah, keep keep the great to- work yourself. Keep, keep Tommy in check now. When he like when he's getting these big money transfers, you need to be pulling him up on it. That's the, <laughs> that's the, that's <laughs> the only thing I'm saying. He'll move once more before his career finishes as well. If, 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 one there's, last hundred, hundred, if there's hundred, checking zero. out Kerry the weekend. You will short out the void and add the seventh cup. Will take you? Yeah, yeah. The, hey, I'm a, the, he said he'd only go to Cracklow if uh, uh, Colin Collins stayed on. So the, the the deal was the deal was set. You know, the deal was set. Yeah, he's I like check out. Happy. He's stuck in managerial <laughs> decisions and everything now. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, thanks very much. Andy Warren, thank you so much. Paddy, James, well done this week, boys. Uh, we're going to be back next week with another episode of the Football Pod. Stay tuned. Andy Warren will talk soon. Thanks, boys. Thanks, folks. Thanks, lads.